0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Kara Schallenberg. Byways Around San Francisco Bay by W. E. Hutchinson. Canyon and Hillside. Did you ever see the Berkeley hills in the early morning, just before the sun comes stealing over their rounded domes, or in the evening, just before it sinks beneath the waters of the bay, and casts its waning light over their rugged sides? There never was a more pleasing sight than their uneven profile sharply drawn against the greyish-purple. Watch them, as they gradually assume shape out of the decreasing shadows. The blotches of green and brown take form, and grow into canyons and gullies, rocks and towers, domes and minarets. What a place to build a mosque, and say one's prayers to the rising sun! Near the Greek theatre, which pushes its vast amphitheatre into the heart of the hills, winds a canyon, not large and imposing, but very beautiful. It is called by some, after the policy of the university of california through whose domain it runs coed canyon by others from the abundance of charming blossoms and luscious fruit found upon its rugged sides strawberry canyon but what's in a name by any other it would be as pleasing trees gnarled and twisted reach out their arms across the little brook that sings merrily at the bottom Far into the hills it pushes its winding way, and one must needs scramble over many a fallen tree and mossy rock in following its beautiful path. One cannot see very far ahead, but at each succeeding turn in the trail new wonders open before us. Here it is so narrow we are compelled to walk in single file, while just beyond it broadens out into a grassy slope and through an open vista on the right we get a glimpse of old Grizzly, looming up in all its grandeur. To the left, far above us on the hillside, we can see a large cement C, some thirty feet in length, placed there by the students of the university to commemorate hotly contested games of football between the two colleges. With what jealous care is it watched over, on the eve of a battle, to keep the contesting team from painting it with their college colours? In this canyon we find that pest of nature-lovers who are susceptible to it, the poison oak. For all its sinister effects, it is a charming shrub, so far as appearance goes, with its bright, glossy, serrated leaves. But do not invite a too familiar acquaintance, "'for it is a shrub to be admired at a distance. "'At a path that seems quite accessible "'we climb out of the canyon "'and strike out across the hills. "'We stop for a moment's rest at a fence, "'and while we are filling our lungs "'with the crisp morning air, "'we see where a spider has industriously "'spun his web during the night, "'from a stalk of ragweed to the fence-corner.' The dew has settled upon it, and each silken thread stands out perfectly, shining in the morning sunshine like some old jewellery made of filigree silver. You little realize, you tiny spinner of silken fabrics, how easily your gauzy structure may be broken, and all your work come to naught. For on the fence a cat-bird, scolding incessantly, has one eye open for a stray tit-bit in the shape of a little weaver of webs, and you may help to make him an early breakfast. The meadow-larks are sending out their cheery Spring o' the year, from fence-rail and covert, a song most sweet and inspiring. A flock of blackbirds goes sailing past, and high overhead a plaintive cry echoes over the valley. From here we get a beautiful view of the bay and the golden gate, and in the far distance the dome of Mount Tamalpais rises above the clouds. The ferry-boats from Oakland, Berkeley, Alameda, and Sausalito are plying their ceaseless traffic from mole to mole. White-sailed ships from foreign countries, outward bound with the tide, conveyed by little bustling tugs, look like monster white-winged gulls, and sombre hued gunboats, their portholes bristling with deadly engines of war, strain at their cables. It is an inspiring sight, and, turning away with reluctance, we circle the hill to Cragmont Heights, stopping to rest on the rocky summit that overlooks the valley. To our right in North Bray rises a massive pile of granite known as Indian Rock. It marks the resting-place of a number of Indian warriors who once roamed the surrounding hills, and is a fitting monument to this once noble race. This is the time of year when the birds set up housekeeping, and such debonair wooers the male birds are. Dressed in their gay attire, they display it to the best advantage before the fair sex. Is there anything so interesting or so amusing as bird courtship? The rollicking song of the male, an exhibition of his vocal powers worthy of a virtuoso, is accompanied by the most comical gymnastics, bowing, scraping, and sidestepping like a dancing-master, all of which, I am sure, is highly appreciated by the demure little lady. I have seen birds courting in the stately figures of the minuet, crossing over and back, bowing and curtsying in a dignified manner. Listen to the meadow-lark as he pours out his heart in a love-song to his mate. As near as I can understand him, he is saying, "'Spring is here, my dear, my dear,' and in a lower tone, "'Let's build a nest. When such an ardent wooer lays siege to my lady, using such exquisite music to further his suit, she must have a heart of stone that would not quickly capitulate to his amour.' The bobolink, that little minstrel of the marshes, teeters up and down on a swaying cattail, and flirts most scandalously as he calls to his lady-love, "'What a pink! what a pink! little minx! little minx! you're a dear, dear, dear!' But we cannot stay to spy upon such love-scenes, and we strike out on the trail for home, after listening with pleasure, as well as profit, to these feathered musicians." End of Canyon and Hillside. Read by Kara Schallenberg, www.kray.org, on June twenty fifth, two thousand six, in Oceanside, California.